0: Today, we're reading from Fifty Famous Stories Retold by James Baldwin. Bruce and the Spider. There once was a king of Scotland whose name was Robert Bruce. He had need to be both brave and wise, for the times in which he lived were wild and rude. The king of England was at war with him, and had led a great army into Scotland to drive him out of the land. Battle after battle had been fought. Six times had Bruce led his brave little army against his foes, and six times had his men been beaten and driven into flight. At last his army was scattered, and he was forced to hide himself in the woods and in lonely places among the mountains. One rainy day Bruce lay on the ground under a rude shed, listening to the patter of the drops on the roof above him. He was tired, and sick at heart, and ready to give up all hope. It seemed to him that there was no use for him to try to do anything more. As he lay thinking, he saw a spider over his head, making ready to weave her web. He watched her as she toiled slowly and with great care. Six times she tried to throw her frail thread from one beam to another, and six times it fell short. "'Poor thing,' said Bruce. "'You, too, know what it is to fail.' But the spider did not lose hope with the sixth failure. With still more care she made ready to try for the seventh time." Bruce almost forgot his own troubles as he watched her swing herself out upon the slender line. Would she fail again? No. The thread was carried safely to the beam and fastened there. I, too, will try a seventh time, cried Bruce. He arose and called his men together. He told them of his plans and sent them out with messages of cheer to his disheartened people. Soon there was an army of brave Scotchmen around him. Another battle was fought, and the King of England was glad to go back into his own country. I have heard it said, that after that day, no one by the name of Bruce would ever hurt a spider. The lesson which the little creature had taught the King was never forgotten. THE BLACK DOUGLAS In Scotland, in the time of King Robert Bruce, there lived a brave man whose name was Douglas. His hair and beard were black and long. And his face was tanned and dark, and for this reason people nicknamed him the Black Douglas. He was a good friend of the king, and one of his strongest helpers. In the war with the English, who were trying to drive Bruce from Scotland, the Black Douglas did many brave deeds, and the English people became very much afraid of him. By and by the fear of him spread all through the land. Nothing could frighten an English lad more than to tell him the Black Douglas was not far away. Women would tell their children, when they were naughty, that the Black Douglas would get them, and this would make them very quiet and good. There was a large castle in Scotland which the English had taken early in the war. The Scottish soldiers wanted very much to take it again, and the Black Douglas and his men went one day to see what they could do. It happened to be a holiday, and most of the English soldiers in the castle were eating and drinking and having a merry time, But they had left watchmen upon the wall to see that the Scottish soldiers did not come upon them unawares, and so they felt quite safe. In the evening, when it was growing dark, the wife of one of the soldiers went up on the wall with her child in her arms. As she looked into the fields below the castle, she saw some dark objects moving toward the foot of the wall. In the dark she could not make out what they were, and so she pointed them out to one of the watchmen. "'Poo-poo!' said the watchman. "'Those are nothing to frighten us. "'They are the farmer's cattle, trying to find their way home. "'The farmer himself is enjoying the holiday, "'and he has forgotten to bring them in. "'If the Douglas should happen this way before morning, "'he will be sorry for his carelessness.' "'But the dark objects were not cattle. "'They were the black Douglas and his men, "'creeping on hands and feet toward the foot of the castle wall. "'Some of them were dragging ladders behind them through the grass.' they would soon be climbing to the top of the wall. None of the English soldiers dreamed that they were within many miles of the place. The woman watched them until the last one had passed around a corner out of sight. She was not afraid, for in the darkening twilight they looked indeed like cattle. After a little while she began to sing to her child, Hush ye, hush ye, little pet ye, hush ye, hush ye, do not fret ye, the black Douglas shall not get ye. All at once a gruff voice was heard behind her, saying, "'Don't be so sure about that.' She looked around, and there stood the black Douglas himself. At the same moment a Scottish soldier climbed off a ladder and leaped upon the wall. Then there came another, and another, and another, until the wall was covered with them. Soon there was hot fighting in every part of the castle. But the English were taken so by surprise that they could not do much. Many of them were killed— and in a little while the Black Douglas and his men were the masters of the castle, which by right belonged to them. As for the woman and her child, the Black Douglas would not suffer any harm to them. After a while they went back to England, and whether the mother made up any more songs about the Black Douglas, I cannot tell. Three Men of Gotham There is a town in England called Gotham, and many merry stories are told of the queer people who used to live there. One day two men of Gotham met on a bridge. Hodge was coming from the market, and Peter was going to the market. "'Where are you going?' said Hodge. "'I'm going to the market to buy sheep,' said Peter. "'Buy sheep?' said Hodge. "'And which way will you bring them home?' "'I shall bring them over this bridge,' said Peter. "'No, you shall not,' said Hodge. "'Yes, but I will,' said Peter. "'You shall not,' said Hodge. "'I will,' said Peter.' Then they beat with their sticks on the ground, as though there had been a hundred sheep between them. "'Take care,' cried Peter. "'Look out that my sheep don't jump on the bridge.' "'I care not where they jump,' said Hodge, "'but they shall not go over it.' "'But they shall,' said Peter. "'Have a care,' said Hodge. "'For if you say too much I will put my fingers in your mouth.' "'Will you?' said Peter. Just then another man of Gotham came from the market with a sack of meal on his horse. He heard his neighbors quarreling about sheep, but he could see no sheep between them, and so he stopped and spoke to them. "'Ah, you foolish fellows!' he cried. "'It is strange that you will never learn wisdom. Come here, Peter, and help me lay my sack on my shoulder.' Peter did so, and the man carried his meal to the side of the bridge. "'Now look at me,' he said, "'and learn a lesson.' And he opened the mouth of the sack and poured all the meal into the river." Now, neighbors, he said, can you tell me how much meal is in my sack? There is none at all, cried Hodge and Peter together. You are right, said the man, and you that stand here and quarrel about nothing have no more sense in your heads than I have meal in my sack. Other Wise Men of Gotham One day news was brought to Gotham that the king was coming that way, and that he would pass through the town, This did not please the men of Gotham at all. They hated the king, for they knew he was a cruel, bad man. If he came to their town, they would have to find food and lodging for him and his men, and if he saw anything that pleased him, he would be sure to take it for his own. What should they do? They met together to talk the matter over. Let us chop down the big trees in the woods, so they will block up all the roads that lead into the town, said one of the wise men. "'Good!' said all the rest. So they went out with their axes, and soon all the roads and paths to the town were filled with logs and brush. The king's horsemen would have a hard time of it getting into Gotham. They would either have to make a new road, or give up the plan altogether and go on to some other place. When the king came and saw the road had been blocked up, he was very angry. "'Who chopped those trees down in my way?' he asked, of two country lads that were passing by the men of Gotham," said the lads. Well, said the king, go and tell the men of Gotham that I shall send my sheriff into their town and have all their noses cut off. The two lads ran to the town as fast as they could and made known what the king had said. Everybody was in great fright. The men ran from house to house carrying the news and asking one another what they should do. Our wits have kept the king out of the town, said one, and so now our wits must save our noses. True, true, said the others, but what shall we do? Then one, whose name was Dobbin, and who was thought to be the wisest of them all, said, Let me tell you something. Many a man has been punished because he was wise, but I have never heard of anyone being harmed because he was a fool. So when the King's Sheriff comes, let us all act like fools. Good, good, cried the others, we will all act like fools. It was no easy thing for the king's men to open the roads, and while they were doing it the king grew tired of waiting and went back to London. But very early one morning the sheriff, with a party of fierce soldiers, rode through the woods and between the fields toward Gotham. Just before they reached the town they saw a queer sight. The old men were rolling big stones up the hill, and all the young men were looking on and grunting very loudly. The sheriff stopped his horses and asked what they were doing. "'We are rolling stones uphill to make the sun rise,' said one of the old men. "'You foolish fellow,' said the sheriff. "'Don't you know that the sun will rise without any help?' "'Ah, will it?' said the old man. "'Well, I never thought of that. How wise you are!' "'And what are you doing?' said the sheriff to the young men. "'Oh, we do the grunting while our fathers do the working,' they answered. "'I see,' said the sheriff. "'Well, that is the way the world goes everywhere.' and he rode on toward the town. He soon came to a field where a number of men were building a stone wall. "'What are you doing?' he asked. "'Why, master,' they answered, "'there is a cuckoo in this field, and we are building a wall around it, as to keep the bird from straying away.' "'You foolish fellows!' said the sheriff. "'Don't you know that the bird will fly over the top of your wall, no matter how high you build it?' "'Why, no,' they said. "'We never thought of that.' "'How very wise you are!' The sheriff next met a man who was carrying a door on his back. "'What are you doing?' he asked. "'I have just started on a long journey,' said the man. "'But why do you carry that door?' asked the sheriff. "'I left my money at home.' "'Then why didn't you leave the door at home, too?' "'I was afraid of thieves, and you see if I have the door with me, "'they can't break it open and get in.' "'You foolish fellow,' said the sheriff.' It would be safer to leave the door at home and carry the money with you." "'Ah, would it, though?' said the man. "'Now I never thought of that. You are the wisest man that I ever saw.' Then the sheriff rode on with his men, but every one that they met was doing some silly thing. "'Truly, I believe that the people of Gotham are all fools,' said the horseman." "'That is true,' said another. It would be a shame to harm such simple people. "'Let us ride back to London and tell the king all about them,' said the sheriff. "'Yes, let us do so,' said the horseman. So they went back and told the king that Gotham was a town of fools, and the king laughed and said, "'If that was the case, he would not harm them, but would let them keep their noses.'" THE MILLER OF THE Dee. Once upon a time there lived on the banks of the River Dee a miller who was the happiest man in England. He was always busy from morning till night, and he was always singing as merrily as any lark. He was so cheerful that he made everybody else cheerful, and people all over the land liked to talk about his pleasant ways. At last the king heard about him. "'I will go down and talk with this wonderful miller,' he said. "'Perhaps he can tell me how to be happy.' As soon as he stepped inside of the mill, he heard the miller singing, "'I envy nobody, no, not I.' for I am as happy as I can be, and nobody envies me. "'You're wrong, my friend,' said the king. "'You're wrong as wrong can be. I envy you, and I would gladly change places with you if I could only be as light-hearted as you are.' The miller smiled and bowed to the king. "'I am sure I could not think of changing places with you, sir,' he said. "'Now tell me,' said the king, "'what makes you so cheerful and glad here in your dusty mill?' while I, who am king, are sad and in trouble every day. The miller smiled again, and said, I do not know why you are sad, but I can easily tell why I am glad. I earn my own bread, I love my wife and my children, I love my friends, and they love me, and I owe not a penny to any man. Why should not I be happy? For here is the river Dee, and every day it turns my mill, and the mill grinds the corn that feeds my wife, my babes, and me." Say no more, said the king. Stay where you are and be happy still. But I envy you. Your dusty cap is worth more than my golden crown. Your mill does more for you than my kingdom can do for me. If there were more such men as you, what a good place this world would be. Good-bye, my friend. The king turned about, and walked sadly away. And the miller went back to his work, singing, Oh, I'm as happy as happy can be For I live by the side of the River Dee Thank you for joining us today If you enjoyed today's episode Please leave a review on your favorite podcast platform And share our podcast with a friend Stay connected by following us on Facebook At facebook.com slash enchantedlibrary If you'd like to support the work we do You can visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash enchantedlibrary. We appreciate your support. Until next time, friends, happy reading.